everyone, and welcome to the Cinematic Schematic, the official podcast of thecinematropolis.com. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and today I'll be providing my review of Mank, David Fincher's newest movie now playing on Netflix. Hello, everyone. Make yourself to home, Mr. Mankowitz, or shall I call you Herman? Please, call me Mank. 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 This is Herman Mankowitz, but we're to call him Mank. Mankowitz. Herman Mankiewicz, New York playwright and drama critic, turned humble screenwriter, Mr. Hurst. This is a business where the buyer gets nothing for his money but a memory. What he bought still belongs to the man who sold it. That's the real magic of the movies. Thunder, lightning, blood, fire, religion. Help! Someone save me! All in one film. That's director proof. That's why I always want Mank around. I want to start off by saying that if you enjoyed today's quick review, I hope you'll consider heading over to Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app and leaving the cinematic schematic a rating and review. Let's take a quick look at that IMDb synopsis. 1930s Hollywood is reevaluated through the eyes of scathing social critic and alcoholic screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz, who is played by Gary Oldman, as he races to finish the screenplay of Citizen Kane. Mank is directed by David Fincher and stars Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins, Tom Burke, and Charles Dance. That's right, everyone's favorite dead daddy Lannister. Now, director David Fincher's latest film, I consider it a welcome departure in his oeuvre that I I really gotta say, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. The set and sound designs in particular are absolutely stunning, The performances are nothing short of outstanding, and the screenplay, which is actually penned by Fincher's late father, Jack Fincher, carries the type of Hollywood nostalgia the Academy, I guarantee you, is going to go bananas over uh, come the Academy Awards this spring. There are three things in particular I want to note about Mank in my review. Now, I mentioned that this was a departure in David Fincher's films. I should probably clarify on exactly what I mean when I say the word departure. Yes, there actually is a common thread with David Fincher's other films, specifically in the realm of the theme. Like most of Fincher's other films, the main character, which in the case of Mank is Mankiewicz, is trapped in a machine one could argue is his own making, and he can't seem to escape. And again, this is a theme that's made very explicit. I would even say almost too explicit within the text of the film. And if we look at David Fincher's larger body of work, whether we're watching Nick and Amy Dunn in Gone Girl, who are frankly forever trapped in a prison of their marriage, could be Robert Graysmith, a prisoner of his own professional obsession that we see unfold in Zodiac. And arguably, you could even say David Fincher's uh, stepchild film, Alien 3, you could argue that Ellen Ripley, well, in that case, she's actually locked in a literal prison. So this is a theme that we've seen play out over and over and over again in a number of Fincher's films. That said, I have to say, the thing that I think sets us apart is the fact that Mank is probably David Fincher's most triumphant movie to date. Without getting into the, the the spoilers of the actual history, the film concludes on a very triumphant note, as if our protagonist has succeeded or accomplished the goal or defeated the bad guy. And this is not necessarily David Fincher's best film, 
But I have to say, after seeing his darker spin and twist on a, a number of his other films, seeing this type of ending in one of his movies was, quite frankly, a, a pleasant surprise. The second thing I want to highlight is my biggest critique of the film. And it's simply that this movie lacks a clear focus when trying to balance the, the character of Mankiewicz, the themes of a, an artist who's trapped in a machine, and then also just the, the film history. Because this movie has a great reference for old Hollywood, and in many ways, this film feels like a series of related but still a little disconnected scenes that are all just sort of strung together. Is Mank about making Citizen Kane? Or maybe it's about a reflection on how legacy film studios like MGM push out artists who buck the company line? Or is it even an exploration of how the protagonist, Herman J. Mankiewicz, is able to escape the proverbial organ grinder that is described by William Randolph Hearst, played by Charles Dance in a really cool monologue, Maybe he's able to escape this through his own self-actualization. Which of those things is it about? Well, in a lot of ways, it is all of the above. But I'd also argue that by trying to be about all of those things, it is unsuccessful at being about any of them. Because it just really lacks focus. There's not really even clear character arcs among many of the characters, which is a little frustrating from time to time. I don't think this film is particularly successful in a number of different areas that I consider pretty essential to being a masterpiece or a five-star film. However, it does do many things extremely well, which is going to take me right to the third thing I want to say about Mank. And that is that the production values of this film is through the roof. In true David Fincher fashion, there is a painstaking amount of attention to detail in the sets, the sound design, and the performances. For example, in an interview with Total Film Magazine, Charles Dance reported that the climactic scene of the film required over 100 takes before the production finally was able to move on. Whether or not this is necessary, I would say, is very much up for debate, but there's no doubt in my mind that... David Fincher continues his determination to find perfectionism in any way possible. And while I can't call the screenplay a raging piece of perfection due to the lack of focus that I just mentioned, this film is nothing if not meticulously detail-oriented. The sound is somehow both pristine, the highest caliber that we can get in 2020, but also sounds how you may remember films from the Citizen Kane era sounding, which is a little more muffled and a little more old-timey like this. That detail, the sound, really highlights one of the things that I think makes this film something really unique, which is its ability to not actually recreate the thing, a.k.a. the sound, the set design, the visual aesthetic, the black and white of Citizen Kane, but it recreates how we remember it. And to go off on a small tangent here, uh, I also love to play video games, and video games, like films, are often getting tons of remakes and updates and remasters. And a couple of years ago, there was a remaster of the popular game Shadow of the Colossus that came out. So stick with me. This is going to tie back into Mank, I promise. The thing that made Shadow of the Colossus a really special game is it was really beloved, came out in, I believe, 2005, 
on the PlayStation 2. Might be correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. When the game came out in 2005, it was a raging success. Got tons of critical acclaim. People praised the graphics, praised the sound, praised the story. And what's funny about the remake that came out in 2018 is that it actually looks, plays, and sounds just how you remember it. But you know, if you were to put those two versions of the game right next to each other, the difference is just staggering. There's no there's no contest. The, the remake, of course, is infinitely better. It runs better. It runs smoother. The graphics are prettier. The sound's better. The more robust. And yet, when you think about the original, that is how you remember it. You remember this big, robust experience. And the remake, the challenge they saw in that game, was remaking a game the way people remember it, not exactly how it was. And that is exactly what Mank does with the set design, the art direction, the sound design. And it really is something unique, truly, in 2020. So kudos to Netflix for giving David Fincher the the blank check to make this film. So as I wrap up, I want to quickly recap the three things that I think you should remember about Mank. The first is that thematically, this film is linked to Fincher's past films, but it really breaks the mold by being more triumphant. The second is that the script just lacks the kind of clear focus that I think it needed to be a home run. This film is about a lot of different things and is also feels like because of that, it's not about anything at all. And then the last thing is that Netflix really did us a solid by giving David Fincher the resources he needed to make this film because it really did create a sense of nostalgia for the Citizen Kane era of film and even the film Citizen Kane itself. A few other just random notes I have here about the film. The scores composers Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, they all but have this next Academy Award uh, locked as this is, I would say, their their score is one of uh, Mank's unsung heroes. And speaking of the Academy Awards, this film feels primed to be the frontrunner at the Oscars this next year. Firstly, it's a, a film about the history of Hollywood and the power of the artist sticking to their convictions, or as I like to call it, catnip or comfort food for Academy voters. And while I'm not sure it would lead many of the categories for me personally, I do expect it to get eight or more nominations at the 2021 ceremony. So keep your eyes on this one when making Oscar predictions uh, coming this next year. So to sum it up, Mank is a thoughtful and beautiful biopic, and I'd say a must-see, especially for those of you who are interested in the behind-the-scenes of old Hollywood. It's not perfect, it lacks some focus, it doesn't really commit to a number of different areas, but you know what? It's still a really, really rock-solid film, which is why I'm going to be giving Mank a letter grade of B. If you want to hear more of my reviews, you can find more episodes of The Cinematic Schematic by subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your preferred podcast app. And you can follow our work on The Cinematropolis on Twitter, at The Cinematrop, or by liking us on Facebook at The Cinematropolis. You can also follow me personally on Twitter, at Talk. Join me next week when I'll be speaking with a pair of special guest hosts in our review of Christopher Nolan's Tenet, the film that earlier this year was expected to save the theatrical experience, quote-unquote, before turning out to be the harbinger of the things to come in the second half of 2020 for the theatrical film-going experience. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's review of Mank. We'll catch you again next time. Thank you.